Oh, hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. As you know, it is announcement day, and we are making a major announcement today. I've been teasing this on my Instagram all week long, and I'm so excited that I finally get to reveal it. I finally get to mention it all, and that is that. Me and Adam Newell from Up and Adam are teaming up. We're joining forces and we're going to be spilling some tea. We are officially kicking off our mini podcast tour this spring. We're inviting a lot of familiar faces. So get ready. We have a lot of surprises in store. You're not going to want to miss out. We're kicking things off April 7th at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. You can get your tickets right now and you're going to want to act early because only a limited number of tickets are available to Spilling Tea with Zach and Adam Live. You can get your tickets right now at SpillingTeaLive.com. SpillingTeaLive.com. We have general admission tickets, so if you want to come and watch the show, but we also have VIP tickets with a fun pregame before the show where you get to come hang with me and Adam and some of our friends. Have some No Filter Rosé. That's right. You will be able to get No Filter Rosé for the first time in person with me and Adam. It's going to be the new rosé too. So you're going to try the rosé or the white, whichever vibe you're feeling that night. But head over to SpillingTeaLive.com so you can get your tickets. Los Angeles, The Bourbon Room, April 7th. We will see you there. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, then just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy Housewives-inspired rosé for yourself. Today, I've got out my I Stole Kim's Goddamn House, inspired by Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, even though we probably know at this point Tom Girardi probably stole it. You can stock up at nofilterwine.com, 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. We got four fun designs, so head over to nofilterwine.com. All right, today's guest I'm really excited about. She's a hilarious New York Times bestselling author of You'll Never Blue Balls in This Town Again and My Inappropriate Life. And she's always equipped with that juicy scoop. Please welcome Heather McDonald. Hi. How are you, Thank you for having me, Zach. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And um, I'm glad that we could finally make it happen. I love Juicy Scoop. I mean, you are one of like the top like pop culture podcasts and you've been doing it for so long. Like before Brandy Glanville thought that she could do podcasts, it was Heather McDonald. No, I actually, actually, you're wrong on that. Brandy had one before me. She did? Yes. And I was a guest on hers probably maybe a year or so before I started mine. In fact, when I was a guest on hers, I didn't even know how to listen to a podcast. And I, I, so afterwards I, I would do other people's podcasts and I was just like, what is this? You know, I yeah. don't even know how to, 
And then someone would be like, oh, I, I was listening to it. And I'm like, oh, how do you, you know, <laughs> it was like, so, so yeah, but uh, Juicy Scoop started six and a half years ago. So yes, now it's been a long time and, you know, the space has grown and I love that so many other people are into the same thing I'm into and have taken their own take on it like you. And it's just makes it all that much more fun. What do you think about Housewives now trying to jump into the podcast market? Like LVP has a podcast. Bethany has a podcast. Do you feel like it lowers, you know, their like television, you know, because like Bethany thinks she's like the next Gary Vee. She thinks she's Tony Robbins, but then she does her podcast with like no makeup and a bun, a messy bun. Um, you know, I, I feel like, um, what is great about podcasting is that everybody on in the universe could have a podcast. So just like everyone in the universe could have an Instagram account. So if someone wants to have one, you know, I, I don't want to be that person that's like, "Mm, you know, you're not good enough to have it, or you don't have the talent to have it. Or I do think comedians and journalist type people strive the best in the space um, because it does take work and opinions and talent and creativity, you know, and when, and that's why a lot of them start to do it. And, and I think people want to do it because oftentimes people that are on my show get such a great response. Literally. I, I mean, if I was to go down the list of the amount of people that were on my show and then got a podcast shortly after, because people approached them and was like, you should have your own show. that's great. I, I can make most everybody seem interesting and fun. Not everybody can be interesting and fun every week, not run out of personal stories to tell, not run out of interesting guests that they can keep interesting. And the more people that all have their own podcasts, the less that having that having guests will, I think having guests is going to be less important because you know, we've heard your story. Right. You already have a podcast. You know, we don't need to have you. I don't need to hear hear you on this person's thing. I agree. And when you have that fine balance, like it, it, it works. And I think that's why Juicy Scoop has, I mean, your Facebook group, Heather, is like insane with how many people are like so engaged and active and constantly spilling the tea. It's impressive. It really is. Yeah, I started Juicy Scoop Obsessed Facebook group years ago, cause I was doing stand up and I went to a bar after, and I kind of rarely like go out and party after the show. I do meet and greets, but short, pretty much when that's done, I'm just like, okay, let me go home, whatever. And I was out with these girls and they, I forgot the city, but they were starting to meet each other and exchange numbers to like become platonic girlfriends and stuff. And I thought, oh my God, I should have a place that they can meet, you know? And then from the, the Facebook group, um, I kind of created this like funny idea, like we're going to have sororities and, and OC was the, the founding chapter, which was so funny. And I think the person from OC said it like, oh, we're the, uh, founding chapter of the juicy scoop sorority. And then I kind of ran with the idea and, and like OC in Chicago, like actually sticks with it. And they actually like see each other and have brunches and stuff. But just, I think that's, what's kind of great about it is just that they're able to find, each other but listen keeping the facebook page is hard and it's the most thankless job and i don't think the members realize that like we don't make money off that facebook page and it's work 
and it's work and they, people get mad and they're, they get, you know, they write to me and I'm like, there's 35,000 people in the group. <laughs> like if I didn't post your thing, it's because it was already posted. It's not juicy. Or I just decided I don't want it in my group. Like yeah. I just, you know, and, um, and some people get mad about it and, you know, they write a long thing. I'm leaving. I'm like, okay. Like there's a million other things that you can do. Right. I give you two shows a week plus a Patreon every Friday. Like if you don't want to be part of this dumb face, it's just a Facebook yeah. group. Like don't get butt hurt. Yes. It's so funny. I, I mean, people get so sensitive on social media. It's it's wild. Um, yeah. So I want to do a round of Shady Spitfire with you with these house yes. the things that we're t- uh, talking about on Housewives. And we need your hot takes. Heather, are you ready? Yes, I am. OK, first one. Did Meredith know Jen Shaw was going to be arrested by the feds? Is that why she didn't get on the bus that day? Ooh. That's such a hard one. I kind of think, no, she didn't because I feel like the producers didn't. I think they were tracking Jen's phone. um, And so they knew that was the location. And I, I mean, I really think they're about breaking this case, the FBI. It's not that the fact that she's a housewife. Right. I think they were, I think they were onto it many years prior to cracking down on her. But of course, becoming the housewife just made it that much more intriguing for them to probably pursue. Did she know? um, I think, I think when she found out on camera, she already knew, but that could have been that a producer or some, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that they were tracking their phone. Cause I haven't, everyone's like, Oh, somebody tipped them off. A producer tipped them off or one of the cast members tipped them off. But that's the most logical like the thing is that they would be tracking her phone because they've been following her for years. They've been investigating her since prior to her even beginning filming for Salt Lake City. Yeah. I mean, I think that she's guilty. I think she will do some time. And I guess if I was facing time like that, I'd want to have some fun on the housewife too. (laughs) So do I blame her for staying on it and living her life like, you know, tomorrow may not happen because it might not happen. Yeah. So live your life like you're going to prison, like Jen Shaw is what I say. <laughs> That's the motto of 2022. Um, speaking of, should Erica Jane give up the $750,000 diamond earrings that are in question at the moment? I mean, I think if that was just one thing and this could make it go away, she'd be like, oh, my God, take these fucking earrings. I don't care. Yeah. But I think legally she's doing what she's being advised to do. And, you know, when some people, someone wrote like, well, she hasn't even tried to do a fundraiser. And the thing is when you're involved in like a big lawsuit like this, like my sister is a criminal defense attorney. And, you know, when you find, when there's like a horrible story of like, you know, some, uh, uh, these two families were best friends and then someone got in a car accident and the person driving got a car accident and killed whatever the child of the other person's family. And then you hear the other family's like, and we, you know, we didn't hear from them after. Well, you know, their child's yeah. under criminal investigation. You're already in a lawsuit. And then the attorneys say, don't talk to each other. Yeah. So I think a lot of I mean, I I'm shocked that she in her case, I don't know that it would have stayed on the show. But now in retrospect, just like Jen Shaw, live your life like it could be your last and, and make your paycheck. Don't get yeah, don't get rid of that paycheck. And yeah, she she wasn't sensitive about it because she isn't sensitive. Yeah. Which she is very, da- let's, I don't think she cares. It's very on people, brand for her. 
Yeah, I don't think she cares that these people were screwed out of money. I think she's like, that sucks for you. But I but I think in she consciously doesn't feel at all responsible for it. And I think it's going to be a very hard thing to prove if she was aware of it, because to me, it makes more sense that she took all that that was given to her, all that she was allowed to take. And she did not ask how the money was getting made. But then other people said, no, she was at the law firm sometime. Still, was she going over legal papers and seeing checks come in and cutting up? Like, that's the part of it where I think in the end, I think that um, she might get away with it. But this last thing that just got um, that just got dismissed, it's just going to be reinstated in California. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really it's not much of a win for her other than the fact that it might speed up the process and be less expensive for her in the end. But I mean, they're it's not ending anytime soon, especially with him, you know, in his old folks home with his pretend amnesia. Has right. Has Meredith really slept with half of New York, as Lisa Barlow revealed on Salt Lake City this week? Um, no, but I think um, I you know, I'm obsessed with the fact that she and Jen did share um, a guy that they both boned. And that guy also, the rumor is that he boned a few other housewives in New York. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw that, you know who the guy is? He was featured no. in the show with who Ramona. Oh. Wait, I, somebody sent me the photo. I don't know his name, but I saw the photo. And if this is in fact him, he was featured on the show at one of those, you know, parties. And um, is he nothing worth, great. Is he worth the community dick? No, but here's the thing I'm going to tell you, Zach. Tell me. As a woman of a certain age, um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of great dick out there after a certain age oh, no. that's available with money, that's fun, that can dress and that wants to screw you. So this so the attention is nice. And the in was probably that, you know, and also these these reality stars get drunk with fame, drunk. Yeah. OK, they Love it. And it's a little bit shocking because I've interviewed a lot of them and they're like, I remember I had Big Ed on from 90 Day Fiance and he's like, wow, you have more Instagram followers than I do. That's something that's something I don't see a lot. Wow. And, you know, and I was just kind of like, uh-huh, I've only been doing this for like a million years. I'm sure he has more than me now because that's just something I don't like overly push. Right. But like, you know, and then I've been out with housewives and they're like, oh, my God, you got recognized and I didn't tonight. This is insane. And um, and I told my friend that and they're like, are you offended? I go, no, because I don't have an ego yeah. of a reality star. I have the ego of someone that's been humiliated on stage as a stand up comedian yeah. and that continued to get up. So even if I have a little bit of fame and good times. I'm still that person that, you know, had to work really hard to have anything. And I think when things are just handed to people, it's just, to me, psychologically uh, fantastic to analyze because some people handle it um, okay, but the most handle it horribly. And it's like, that's why I keep saying I, I would love to have a show called Reality Rehab, but it is not about drugs and alcohol. It is about 
getting ready for your addiction to fame. Like I was just watching the second season of Cheer and how these kids are still at their stupid, you know, junior college and cheering away. But they're now famous from the show, but they got no money for being on the show. So they're doing cameos, which they should. But where are they going to be in two years? Like there's like I said, there's people from 90 Day Fiance. I'm like. Yeah. I don't care about that anymore. Like, I'm over it. Like, good for you. I'm glad you had your fun. I'm glad you sold your farts. I, I, who, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. Not all of them know how to have that career longevity, um, which brings me to my next one. Who are you more excited to watch on Celebrity Big Brother? Cynthia Bailey from Atlanta or Teddy Mellencamp from Beverly Hills? I mean, I have to say, <laughs> of all the housewives, I mean, did they pick two kind of like... <laughs> Least exciting ones. I right. mean, it's no brand. It's no Brandy Glanville. It's no Lisa Vanderpump. It's no Ramona Singer. I mean, it's um, I, I yeah. I mean, I, now that you say it, the two of them together, I'm like, that's not a super exciting pairing. I don't I'm kind of surprised Teddy did it. Being that she has she has nothing else really. Well, I mean, she has her two I keys in a pod. Uh, the only thing, the only thing is, I'm sorry, and this is me being judging mom. I've always thought if I was asked to do something like that, I always was like, oh, I could never be away. Like you have to be away from my kids. Yeah. And she has little kids. Now I worked full time, but I got to come home every day. And the longest I was away was 10 days when I filmed um, White Chicks and and I had a baby at home and I was just like, I had a full like meltdown. And yeah. so and I and so I just think it's different. Like, even if you're on a movie set, like your nanny can bring your baby to you. So I just kind of and I'm again, I'm not judging her. It, the kid won't remember. She'll be fine. And if she walks away with what do they get in the end, like five hundred thousand. So it's I, probably worth it. And she could maybe win. I mean, I think she's smart. So. When I heard the rumor, my first thought was, I think it's a rumor because her youngest is so young. Yeah. And she might not want to leave her. But if you know, I don't know how long is it? Just 30 days? I guess like, she'll be fine. I mean, I don't I don't think she'll make it all the way to the end. I think you're she'll right. Be. The thing is, yeah, that but that's the thing. You know, people always want to quit. Yeah. And I think they must get paid. And I'm not sure. But if I was the head of Big Brother, I would say you get paid each day you stay. Because everybody's going to want to quit. I think that's what it is. You get paid the longer you stay. And mm. you get like an advance if you make it to like the top three or the top th- uh, the yeah. top two. So it's still worth it in the end um, for yeah. at least doing as many of those days. Okay, what about Jenny Wynn? She blames her social media manager for the controversial post that went out on her Facebook page. And then the social media manager came out and said, no, 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 no. It wasn't me. It was a hacker. Who posted the controversial posts? Jenny, her Facebook wait, so manager, that, or the hacker? Wait, so the girl, that girl that was like saying I'm going live or whatever. Yeah. Then she said it's a hacker. She said it was her social media manager. And then the person, she didn't even out the right. social media manager, but the social media manager outed herself and said, no, yes, I used to run her Facebook, but a hacker took over the account at that time. And a hacker is the one that posted these controversial posts, which first of all, as a, as a social media manager, you don't want to out yourself as getting your clients Facebook accounts hacked, number one. And number two, like you didn't even need to come forth and reveal yourself and then blame a hacker. Well, yeah, I think that's about the juiciest thing of this whole thing. 
Because when I first saw it, I just said, yeah, I believe that at this time, Jenny saw these things and was impassioned to post them. Yeah. Which is not cool. Yeah. And not smart of her. And and then I thought that she said I deleted my Facebook account in 2020. So then my question was, well, who was holding on to this? Like, you know, Vanessa Williams, naked penthouse yeah. photos, like who was holding on to this this whole time? But then people wrote, no, it was available to be seen at this whole time. So are you telling me the Bravo people never bothered to do like a 10 minute scamming they of her stuff have to they all the networks now have to do like they have they hire third-party agencies to like vet everybody's social media and jenny was only cast last year in 2021 so it had to have they had to have come across these posts maybe they were the ones that told her to take them down or maybe she really didn't delete it or she thought she deleted the facebook page i don't know but she's basically saying it was a social media manager that did this. And the social media manager said, no, it was a hacker that posted these random things on her private Facebook profile, which to me, none of it makes any sense. So, so is she saying though, that I wasn't even aware. Yes. That's like exactly, I didn't even know how to get on my Facebook page. That's, that's how clueless I said, am yeah. at 48 years old. Yeah. Right. She said, I'm a mom and I 90. run. Yeah. She said, I'm a mom and I run multiple businesses. So I had to hire a social media manager to run my Facebook page. And I didn't even know that these posts went out. And you hired the social media person before you were ever even a personality. Exactly. It makes no sense. Or on TV. Now, this is what I think. That's how she felt. Yeah. That's how she felt. She might, her mind might have changed afterwards. Yeah. She, but she didn't bother to erase them. They came across her feed and she decided to either share it or screen grab it and post it herself because they were like memes that were like she organically posted. And, um, and she liked awful things too. And we all saw that during that time. Or somebody we knew and we were like, ew, you know, yeah. someone, you know, that you follow and you're like, OK, and then you like write your friend. OK, what's wrong with wackadoo over here? I'm yeah. kind of grossed out. And, you know, you move on. So, like, absolutely. I think that was her attitude. Um, but her and Mary hating each other. I just think they were just I think Mary's so freaking odd. And in last night's episode, She's just like, we're not all friends. She doesn't have friends. Yeah. She's not a nice person. She got thrust into being the head of this church that was all a scam. And I don't know if you saw, but we just visited the church. I heard. And I, yeah, I heard we about were in it, Salt yeah. Lake City. I heard about it. you were in the church. And I heard it's very creepy. We went around. We looked at it. And I mean, it's to me, it's just fascinating and i love that on last night's episode like heather gay called her out yeah and um and even lisa barlow called her out about this fake church that and i could never understand why i still understand why meredith i think that was lisa's frustration before her crazy rant is like i don't i think that it's just very confusing why the two of them would ever hit it off yeah meredith who's highly educated the way she is I, what do they have in common? Like what people what think, are they talking people about? People think Mary has dirt on Meredith and that's why she has this like blind allegiance to her. I, I, I maybe I, I mean, the, all the dirt's been lifted up. So like, what yeah. is there to say? I mean, when you said like 
you know, about their whole, you know, having, you know, having the, the whole thing that went on with, with what Lisa Barlow said. I mean, it's, it is amazing and it's juicy. And I look back at Meredith and I'm like, hold on a minute. Like your life has been turned upside down and really for the better. I don't know. Like if I was her girlfriend from a couple of years back, I would have been like, shit, girl, you could have, you know, had your separation, had your fun. Your kids would have never known. Yeah. But I yeah. think you were talked into doing the show. Oh, your little store on Main Street in Park City, YouTube will blow up. It hasn't. OK, I've gone there the last two years. It's the same store. It has the same amount of inventory. It's cute. Nobody's buying anything better than Envy. I never went into Envy, but probably Envy is probably a little more my style as far as like price point and clothing and stuff. But she's got expensive stuff, mm. but I don't see like, I mean, Greta, I only went there twice. She probably does fine. She probably does enough to, but now she's like putting in more touristy stuff so that when people go in there, they can buy like a Meredith Marks sweatsuit or a Brooks Marks sweatsuit or like these like pajama sets for $99. And but like most of the items are like five, six hundred dollars or like the jewelry is like a couple thousand dollars. So I think that she thought that that would really blow up being on the show. But I think people are so much more overwhelmed with like her juicy personal life and right. everything going on with these crazy castmates. I just don't think she anticipated this is where she would be. I mean, yes, she's famous and it might be kind of fun when you go out to dinner, but like. I can't imagine like the stress and the trauma, honestly, that it's caused her life. No, like, I can't either. I mean, it's really turned everything upside down. I mean, especially after this season with Lisa Barlow kind of turning on her and putting all her stuff on blast like that. Like they don't, I mean, she even tweeted like she doesn't even understand why she's still on the show. And she, ha I mean, she's got no real relationships with anybody left on the show at this point that I don't even understand what benefit she's gaining from staying on other than the money. I mean, I guess then you, I think the way the the way they do it, Bravo and, and the production companies is they get you to a place that now you have the golden handcuffs. Now your life, your personal life is shit. Now everyone knows every freaking gross, ugly thing, embarrassing. Your kids are already exposed. So they're already going to be a little fucked up from having a reality show. Mom, you might as well stay. And clean it up next year. Yeah. You might as well stay, get your check. Oh, and then by year four, you finally make some real money. So you might as well stay. Also, you know, if your business isn't blowing up, you can't leave after two years. I, and so I, th and I think it's, they make it very hard contractually to leave. I mean, well, Mary, I mean, Mary dipped out pretty quick though. And I've heard by not going to the reunion, you miss out on a huge chunk of money. Yeah. But I mean, maybe... Uh, maybe it's not as much as like the Lisa Vanderpump that when she didn't come, I think she really walked away from a lot, but she was at a very high um, yearly salary. Mary probably wasn't. So it was probably, I mean, I'm just going to guess. It's probably like they were, she probably walked away from like 25, 30,000. Yeah. But she could make that at the real, real selling, you know, a couple boxes of her crap in her house. So she, she's probably like, I would rather not risk what will go down at this reunion. Listen, that's an easy mortgage she can get from one of the parishioners. She's fine. <laughs> 
What did, I agree. What did yeah. you think of the interview her mom did on Up and Adam um, about the about her basically being a victim, saying that he groomed her and and showed all this money in front of her and and got her to come over to marry him, even though it wasn't really what the grandmother wanted. Well, um, I'm excited. I'm talking to Up and Adam, and I know you guys are close and collaborating and stuff. I have some questions because he also had the cousin. Yes. And so there's been some controversy between what the cousin said and what the mom said. Um, I th- and I thought it was interesting that the mom was like, he wanted me like she's <laughs> like, he wanted me first. And, um, no, I don't. I, I don't think she she wasn't so young. But. Listen, she definitely got sucked into the money and the lifestyle. Yeah. And it's pretty sad when you have nothing else going on that you would forgo love and everything. I mean. It's such a weird storyline. Like she was gone for three years in New York getting plastic surgery. But then they said to the parishioners that she had a sweating problem, that she had to go get medical care for sweating in New York <laughs> and, and people better pay. Or they're not going to heaven if Mary doesn't stop sweating. I mean, uh-huh. like it is so unbelievably bizarre. And now that she's gone, I'm kind of bummed because where do we go from here? Like, yeah. it's like, she's gone. She was, you great. know, and she was, I mean, terrible person, but great television. I mean, when they found her, they must've been like, holy, just this life, this lady's life is going to be over with in a couple of years, but at least we get to capture the downfall. Like do well, these producers ever just sit around and go, I cannot believe she wasn't an original housewife chick- though. Remember, she wasn't an original housewife when the they had an original production company that filmed Salt Lake City, made Mary a friend of. And then when they delivered the footage to the network, the network's like, no, rework this footage. And they brought in a new team to help re-edit everything. And that's when they decided to upgrade Mary. So the first production team didn't even think that she would be the hit that she is, which is wild to me because she's so kooky. she's She's not a hit. Like, there's absolutely... There's hits that are like controversial, but people have their stand like they they stand them and they really like them. And, you know, whether it's like a Ramona, like people are like, get rid of Ramona because she says, you know, inappropriate things. Um, But then, like, what would the show be without her saying these things you can't believe she said? You know, people like, you know, enjoy her. I just feel like there was she's so not likable. But you're also like, I can't take my eyes away from it yeah. because it's so unbelievable that this cruel, awful person is. And I, that's what I kind of liked about the episode last night is that they were like calling her and are like, how finally, like, how are you like saying you believe in Jesus? Yeah. And I mean, that tagline, if you come <laughs> for me, I'll send Jesus for you. Like, it's the mafia. What are you talking like? She's so like not. And she isn't one of those people that like went to. um Bible college or anything like she doesn't know any way of analyzing the Bible. If that's what you're into, there's people that really study it and have a way of explaining it. That's, you know, enriching people's lives. She's just, yeah. So it is, um, I think she was smart to give up that money and get the hell out before she ends up in a cell with Jen Shaw. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, things are not looking good for Jen. I'm not going down with her. Um, I think that's what she thought. Don't you think? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, because there was a lot of heat get, surrounding her church. And like, and the thing is, why not show up at the reunion where you have an opportunity to reclaim the narrative? Because if you her thing was, I didn't want to show up because they're all just spreading lies about me. But it's like, but if you don't show up, then they'll just continue to spread, quote unquote, lies about you. So at least you have an opportunity to share your side, which she didn't do. And I think it's because she knew that they weren't really lies and that they were actually going to bury her with the contradictions. Right. So a lot of people sent in some questions about some of your famous friends, Heather. Are you are you ready for sure. these? Okay. Sure. Sophia Shepard wants to know what happened with you and the Kardashians because we don't see you at their holiday parties anymore. Was there did Tristan Thompson get to you too? Hilarious. There is I've talked about it a lot. There's like nothing really to it except, you know. Uh, I used to see them all the time when they'd come on Chelsea. We had a lot of mutual friends that worked with the Kardashians. I'd be invited to a lot of stuff. And then, you know, they all started having their babies. So their mommy friends were like young people. And then I was still invited to like Kris Jenner functions, like her 60th birthday and all that stuff. But then when the Christmas party got switched to Kim and Kanye putting it up, Chris did come and like tell a group of us that we were no longer going to have the the traditional Christmas party that she hosted, that it's smaller and that Kim's doing it. But there were so many of us that got the boot that and I was like a party of six. Like she always let me bring my kids, my husband and my mother in law. And the truth is, like, I would have cut me too. I would have cut like. Literally, when we got cut, Peter was like, can you just tell her that we can leave the kids at home on Christmas Eve? I'm like, just, you know what it is, what it is. At first, it was really like I was bummed, I was bummed because I'd been going for 10 years and it was part of our family routine. And there was a group of people that just like any family Christmas party, you see these people, you may not see them the rest of the year, but like friends of, that I like adored, you know, like. And um, so I was, you know, I was sad because it's such a great party, but you know, it just friendships in, in other ways. I have to say, though, they're in the news so much and they're so fascinating that by not having that close connection anymore, I like to speak my opinion more freely than I had throughout my years at Chelsea lately and everything. I was always, you know, I always managed to talk about them in a funny, respectful way because I do have a great sense of humor. But once I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to see them this weekend. So, let me talk about what an awful Tristan Thompson is, you know, yeah. like, and like I wrote that when she was pregnant with um, true, true and it, when it first came out that she cheated on her, but they were like, the family came down for the birth and there was all that kind of, I like, I was doing a show in Nashville. And so I wrote this country song to like get people to come to Nashville. And it was like, I wrote it to that Carrie Underwood song. And I thought it was so funny and so great. And like I tagged her and everything, or I don't know if I tagged her, but I did it. I don't think I tagged her, but I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe things like that were like, I don't, now we don't find that funny. Yeah. Even though I thought I was being like supportive. It's hard when you're like in it. Cause you think you're being supportive. Like I remember I went to the Tristan and Kim wedding and um, not Tristan, sorry. Uh, who was Kim's? Uh, second husband, uh, Chris Chris Humphrey. I went to that wedding and then, you know, 73 days later, they announced they're getting divorced. And I was out, I was working on Chelsea lately and us weekly, like called me and were like, what do you think? And I was like, people should not criticize her. Like 
She wants to be a mom. She knows at day 73 that she doesn't want to procreate with him. She's at 30. She's smart to get out. And, you know, I know women that, that have known not to get married. They're about to walk down the aisle and they do. So it's yeah. like it's a she's you know, so I'm like, I totally believe that there might have been second thoughts about it, but that this was not made for TV. This was a real thing. But she realized later. So I think that's like being supportive person yeah. in Kim's corner. But then I think sometimes with them, then they think, oh, I now used this conversation to get my name in the press in Us Weekly. So that's why in in having some celebrity friends and people asking me about it, because that would happen a lot. Like I'd be on the red carpet and they'd be like, Heather, tell us about Juicy Scoop and tell us about your book. And then I would. And then they go. And what do you think of Kim and or what do you think of Chris and da 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 da? And I'd say something. And then the headline would be, you know, Kardashian pal Heather McDonald says this. Yeah. And then they barely mention like, the book and they yeah, barely mention Juicy Scoop. It's like one little exactly. mention. Yeah. And I think that's like almost like that was like a fine line that like the Brittany Gastineau had to walk and the yeah. Larson Pippen and then her uh, Kim stylist that then started to get her own thing going. And, you know, you, oh, you know, I thought it was fine that I did this whole article about myself and my career. But yeah. all the questions were about Kim. working for Kim. Yeah. So like I kind of I kind of see that. And I think with each year that they progress I think that they they, too, as a dynasty of entrepreneurs and people in the limelight, probably have learned with each person they hire, not just an NDA, but probably have more honest conversations of like, you can't be doing articles, you can't without, you know, covering it with me first. And so I think that's just part of it. But it's all I mean, they're they're great. I mean, I, I'm fascinated and so happy that they all are raising their children together. And I think Kim's, I think uh, Chris is the luckiest mom on earth, you yeah, know, for sure. Um, lots of questions about Chelsea and Joe Coy. Cause you commented when they first announced their relationship, I think yes. on her Instagram. So did you always know that there was something going on between them? Did you think they would end up in the end? Absolutely not. Really? Absolutely not. There was never anything going on between them ever. There was never any interest on her part. It was always, you know, just giving him shit like she did the rest of the comedians. And that was the shtick. And they never did anything like on their own outside of like a group stuff. Um, But once I started to see some of the postings in the past year, I definitely thought it and and said it and made some comments in which... um, like there was one they were in Malibu hanging out. And I said, oh, congrats. I'm so glad you guys are boning. I just said that. Yeah. And then she wrote under there like, oh, Heather, you know, you know, I said if I was going to bone anyone from the round table, it would be TJ Miller or something. Yeah. And it was like buried in there. Like I would I never went back to check it. I don't you know. And so but they but they were, you yeah. know, they were back then. So like. No, I think I think it's great. I think it's like fun and I'm happy for them both. And, you know, 
who knows? Were who you knows just as surprised? Because like I was surprised. Like obviously I remember Chelsea lately. And I remember Joe Joe Coy being on the round table, but like I never yeah. would have like when the when it was official, I never would have seen them together. Um, were you just as shocked as all of us were? And what's your relationship like with them now? Um, I think was I just yes and no because it's like you know she's she's dated a lot of different types of guys and stuff and so um i think it's great that they're like in the same industry that they're like the same age i think it's a good i mean in the you know i think it might be a really good match and they seem to have fun so i'm just happy for them they seem really happy happy that they've yeah, I just happy. Everyone, everyone should just be happy. And then when you're not, get out. Unless you're like me and you're married, and then you just stay married forever. <laughs> well, Lala Kent got out, and people want to know if you've yes. talked to Randall Emmett at all, because I guess you were close to both of them. Have you talked to? We I know Lala was on your show recently, but mm-hmm. have you have you had any communication with Randall since the breakup? Um, just in the very beginning, um, when I didn't know that it you know, when, when nothing was uh, confirmed and I thought it might've been a misunderstanding, I was, yes, I was talking to him as well. And then, you know, once every, once more came out and she was, you know, very forthcoming with me about everything, then I think in those situations, you have to choose a side. And obviously I, I met Lala first. She's, I'm protective of her as a girlfriend, as a mom, and, you know, it's just it's unfortunate. It's, it was, honestly, it was such a sad thing because I really enjoyed them as a couple. I really thought they were just hanging out like very funny comedically together. And so I was like I was surprised. Like when I heard the rumor, I was like, that can't be true. Yeah. So that's why I didn't like give it anything when it first started with the blogs. And I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, what kind of evidence because I was I was sort of I was sort of like, hey, you know, you're in the limelight and these bloggers and these girls and like, who knows what's really true. But unfortunately, it was. And so, you know, she just announced she's going on a date this week. Are you do you think she's ready to get back out there? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I think it's all good. You know, I mean, she's she's done an amazing job with, um, you know, finding new place to stay and thank God she's got her mom with her yeah. living with her. I think she's extremely lucky to have that. And and I'm sure her mom is getting the opportunity that she wouldn't have had, you know, to be with a grandchild like at that young age. So I envied the mom that gets to do that. And so I think it's all, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to work out fine, but yeah, it's, it's actually really, it's really sad, you know, it's too bad, but I, I wish him well too. I mean, he's a dad of three girls and I hope he can continue to be, you know, successful and do stuff. Yeah. At least for the girl's sake. Yeah. Um, fit with Sam wants to know if you'd ever join a housewife show. We've seen you with the girls with, uh, uh, the girls on OC. You've hung out with them a lot. You're not far from them. I actually want to move to the OC. Um, I do. Um, you know, I'm never going to say never say never. I kind of think someone like me that they would maybe, I, I think the show may have a transformation in the next couple of years. And if it did, and it made sense, like, 
like when I was talking about watching cheer and seeing that the kids are doing cameo and stuff like I've been begging Bravo and to let us see their real lives. Yeah. Let us see their real lives that they're now famous and how weird that is. Let us see the husband be like, this is fucking weird. I don't know if I like it. Like, I would love to just see the real thing. Maybe not all the time, but a few more glimpses of this real fight happened because we were both supposed to go to Mohegan's son and do an appearance. And I found out that you called the booker and, you know, got an extra grand over me. Like, I would love to know that that was what the real fight was about and not that someone arrived 10 minutes late to their daughter's birthday party. Like I, that's kind of, so if they, if it became something where, you know, it was a little more real like that, I I'm definitely more, would be more open to do it now that my children are older. I do really think it's hard on kids, no matter how much you think, it's not when 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 the housewives have to start doing storylines of talking to their daughter about getting on the pill. And, yeah. y- you know, I mean, I think about it. If you're a 15 year old girl, do you want that forever? You know what? The one thing that always sticks in my mind that I thought was very difficult was Megan King Edmonds was um, on the show on OC and she was close to Jim's first wife. They got along and the first wife was dying of cancer. And that that was just part of a reality. And Megan was close to that stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. So they had like a, a prom thing going on with all the cameras there. Every kid has this where you're in your prom outfit and your mom's like, take more pictures. Come over here. Take more pictures. And kids can be like, shut up, mom. Mm, you know, a little bit like that. But that is on camera forever. Yeah. The mom later passes that girl had to get social media notices of like, you were such a little shit and she's six, 17 years old. Yeah. And I just don't think people think about that. Yeah. Like think about growing up and having like some like ugly phase or it's okay. If you're like the Judici girls, thank God Teresa stayed on so long because now they're all gorgeous and and really come off great. I think but Jacqueline, like, what if- like Jacqueline Larita's daughter was doing interviews recently, Ashley, and she was yeah. saying like she had that awkward phase on camera mm-hmm. where she was a real big brat and always fighting with her mom. And like now that's all anybody remembers her for are those awkward teenage years. But yet now she's like a mom and a makeup artist in New Jersey. But like everybody remembers that bad behavior. And she's like, I, you know, she doesn't love that. That's what the world knows her as. I mean, I'll never forget, like I was watching an episode. My kid was so little and I was watching when Jeannie, Gina Kino went and surprised her son with Vicky and he was playing baseball with the cameras. And he's like, like basically said, I'm going to hit you over the head with this bat or get out of here or something awful. And I watched it and it was so horrible to me. And I just remember my kid was like in the bathtub, like he was like six or something. And He's I'm like, get it. Come on. Time to get out of the tub. And he's like being defiant or something. I remember I was just like, I will not become Gino Kino where you, Gino, whatever her name is, where you don't believe me or you don't, you know, do what I say. And looking back at that, I'm like, this kid was trying out for baseball. Like when I would go to watch my kid play golf, I like can't look in his direction. I cannot cheer. I have to be quiet. I can't be embarrassing. I can't film him. Like, imagine now you're not even made aware and your mom shows up buzzed with her friend Vicky and a freaking camera crew and you're trying to play baseball. Like, and now on camera, 
we have you at 19 being really disrespectful to your mom forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Like all of our kids have been brats. Yeah. They've all had. So it's like to make a long story thing, the fact that my kids are older and they're teenagers. Yeah. In a couple of years, you know, when they're adults and they could show up for dinner and I'm filming something and they can be them, you know, and they're not in jeopardy of like having, you know, childhood scars from it. And also they're not making money from it either. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's all of it was, is more like, I just, so many families get destroyed by it that like, I always feel like the people that do great are like the Carol Radswell, but yeah. don't have a boyfriend and don't have kids. Like they went, had fun, went on some trips, you know, did it for four or five years and then it's over and their, their, their life is not scarred. They didn't like lose anyone because of it. Right. Um, Dr. Jackie F wants to know, I don't think you're going to remember this, Heather, but she wants to know mm-hmm. what you thought of my standup back in the day. We, I don't think you ever saw my standup, but we did a show together back in at the Laugh Factory for Jenny McCarthy's foundation year. Oh, I yes. think it was like back in 2011. And so I posted this photo a couple months ago of you and I. And people, one, I look like a a 40-year-old lesbian, and I look nothing like that now. But, like, do you even remember that show? Yes, because I remember Jenny was really good friends with Chelsea at the time. So she, I did a couple events. So I remember doing one in San Francisco. Yeah, that one was like a big art show. I remember that one. Did you do that one too? No, I was at, I used to, um, okay. I, I used to run Jenny's foundation. I ran oh, okay. it for a few years. So, so, then I was part appreci- of the so you'll appreciate this story. So um, I'm, so we're supposed to do, and I think it was Whitney Cummings, me, Josh Wolf, maybe one other person to do the San Francisco show. Yep. And, um, and I looked at the rundown and I saw that it, I was going to be third. And um, Whitney wanted to go earlier because she actually had a a set somewhere else or whatever. And um, somehow I I went and I said, you know, Josh Wolf is so great. I don't want to follow him. Can I follow Whitney instead? Because I saw that there'd be two comics and then there was going to be a video. And then another two comics. And I said, I know this video is going to be like pulling at your heartstrings yeah, video. Yeah, it's a charity event. Yeah. And, and I don't want to follow that. I'd rather just follow Whitney. And so then they're like, oh, OK, a little change of thing. You know, um, Josh, you're going to go after Heather now. And he's like, all right, no problem. He was like, what the hell? And I don't know if I ever admitted to it, but I was like, yeah, I did not want to follow the, the freaking sad video. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because those trust me i i did charity for a very long time these events you you want people to cry in watching these videos that they give you their money but that's the worst thing to follow if you have to go up and do a stand-up routine is have to go on after one of those videos i think the way to do it maybe is i'm trying to think how you would do the sad video maybe do I don't know. Maybe maybe you have to do it at the very end, 
or do it at the beginning and then have like yeah. a band or like have like yeah. some music and then do comedy. I think comedy, it's got it all to be one or nothing. Yeah. It's like, I don't think you can really combine the two. You have to do the video at the beginning with like a little speech from like a founder or someone to make you feel good afterwards, but still kind of compel you to yes. donate and then be like, okay, now let's get the show on the road. And then you do the comedy. Yes, you're right. Have someone be the interim where they're giving out information, but there's still a couple little light moments like an MC and then bring on the comedy. You're right. So there you go. Lessons (laughs) Lessons learned. Um, How to do a comedy. Right. Um, uh, Last question that got sent in was from Belle Game Mama. And she wants to know, are you coming to San Diego to do any of your live stand-up shows anytime soon? You're on tour right now, right? Or you're about to go on tour? Well, I kind of finished like a, uh, a tour that I did in the fall. I have uh, Tempe this weekend. I don't know when this airs, but Tempe uh, this Friday with uh, Justin Martindale is going to be on. He's on my show all the time. He's be, you know who he is. It's Larry. He, and that is uh, February 4th and 5th. And then I have Brea Improv, which I've never done before, uh, which that is March 25th, 26th and 27th. And I probably won't be doing that many dates until I announce this fall tour that we're putting together, which will be like a whole new thing and a new hour. And hopefully that'll happen. And hopefully there won't be like a third round of COVID, whatever. Um, But so, yeah, I love San Diego and probably probably like the La Jolla Comedy Store or something. I'll ask my manage just because those are like fun, easy weekends. And so and I love not getting on a plane. So, (laughs) yeah. Yes, I will make sure that San Diego is in the next six months. I'll say that. Yeah, no, Adam from Up and Adam and I are doing our own mini podcast tour. And like we're in this process of scheduling the dates. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get on a plane and then jump on another plane right after and go. I don't know how you do the touring, Heather. It's, you know, get healthy, jam it out, you know, don't drink. Yeah. Power through like a marathon. Yeah. And just do a great job and, you know, knock it out and get it done. Also, then you're like on the momentum of doing the material, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, I, to close it out really quickly, there are four Bravo books that are coming out this spring. You're a New York Times bestseller. I want to know if you predict these are going to be New York Times bestsellers or, or they're not going to hit the mark. Uh, okay. First one is by Craig Conover and it's called Pillow Talk. What's wrong with my sewing? And it's about his journey of finding his passion for sewing and how anybody can find their passion. No, that's <laughs> not going to do well at all. I don't think the other girl uh, from Southern Charms book did that well. Hers did better um, than Shep's book. Shep's book bombed. Here's the thing that people don't know from the publishing world. Men don't read books unless they're about finance, sports, maybe like a true crime type of thing. They don't read memoirs. They really don't. Women do. So the guy writing the memoir has to be appealing enough to women. Now he is on a Bravo show, but what kind of scoop, what kind of juicy scoop is that book going to have that we don't know already? Especially if you're leading with with sewing. I feel like sewing doesn't hook me. I mean, look, he's smart to take the money. He's smart to have met with someone over a weekend to write down a story. Um, You know, maybe there's something compelling in it. I don't know. Um, I think he should what he should do 
is he should do a lot of live appearances at like to sell and make the book part of meeting him. And because I just don't think people are going to be dying to read it just like on a Saturday night by themselves. Like you might, if Madonna wrote a memoir, you know what I mean? Like there's just more to her life and whatever. So, okay. Well, what's the next one? Bethany Frankel's business is personal. The truth about what it takes to be successful while staying true to yourself. Well, she is a multi number bestselling person. She has a huge platform and I think that she does give good advice And so I think it is, um, I think it will sell well. I think people will, I, and I don't know if in this, if the, if in this book, she also includes more juice about her divorce and more behind the scenes juice. If she is saving some of that for the book, then, um, then I think it'll do really well. But if it's just straight business, I still think it will do well. I don't know if the audience has the way to sell it. Huh? Yeah, she's smart. She's a smart marketer. I just am not mm-hmm. sure if the Bravo audience is interested in business advice necessarily more than they're interested in like the juice and the tea from her. Um, that's that's what I mean. Like, but yeah. would so okay? So if two people had a business book, and I'm sure Barbara from Shark Tank has written one. Like, if you were a businesswoman, though, or you wanted to read more about business, and you're like 35, which book would you buy? I mean, I would probably businessman. Or I, w- I would probably go with the bu- the Barbara book because that's like what she's a that's her her soul. Like for me, when I go to Bethany, like I go to Bethany for the personality and for the commentary and for, you know, all those other things that she that make her such a great reality star. I don't know if I necessarily because I've even been watching some of her business interviews lately and she doesn't have amazing business advice other than I got on a reality show and I was smart, you know, and I, well, that's what I I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, the thing about it is it's like, you know, the Trump's writing a book about business. Like you had an opportunity, like it's more interesting if it was really, yes, she did it herself, but such 90% of this wouldn't have happened if she didn't have the platform to be on the reality show. Now it was smart to get on the reality show, but getting on a top reality show, it's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Like, it, so a lo- once you're there, yeah, okay, these are the smart things I did or didn't do or what I regret. Um, I still think, I still think the book, I feel, still think she's really smart and an interesting person. So, and she knows how to write books. So um, I think that it'll still be a, a best. She'll make sure it's a bestseller. Yeah. Uh, the other thing Even if she buys them the, herself. I learned well, that. Well, here's, here's some things about buying books about bestsellers, unless it's changed. You can only buy up to 10 books a person. Otherwise, it starts to look like a bookstore. Mm-hmm. So what people have done is they've had employees each buy 10 books. And that helps. And then, of course, the pre-orders are the most important thing. Because yeah. if you don't really get it, if you don't make it that first week, chances are you'll never make it. Also, because in these books, if you are spilling juice like a Jamie Lynn Spears, what more juice do we need to read now? Like you've done an interview, you've it's been spilled. People have read the book and given book reports on podcasts. I don't need to read the book. So it's like unless you get it in those pre-orders because that person wants to read it that first Tuesday before everyone else has read it, then it's pretty hard to to sell, to make 
to make the list, but she'll make the list for sure. Okay, last one, which I, I, I'm curious just to know if you're even interested in it or you're going to read the headlines. Off with my head, the definitive basic butch, basic bitch handbook for surviving rock bottom by Stassi Schroeder. Well, that one, um, I think, could be juicy. You know, like I wish that they would have had cameras following her when all this shit did go down because. It was a time in history that it was a time in history that was like a horrible time in history. Yeah. And she, you know, and people were, you know, wanted social justice and the series of events and the fact that she did this interview, did this podcast, you know, a year and a half ago and nobody caught it. Nobody saw how wrong it was until one person almost like, when that comedian was said in his act, you know, Bill Cosby is a rapist and someone filmed it and it was all out there. And then everyone just started going, oh, my God. And it got like a resurgence. This was kind of like, you know, she kind of got caught up in that. And but, I, you know, she's she I think she's smart with her money. And so she did fine. She didn't lose her house. She originally they said she lost her second book deal. Well, she didn't because here it is. Yeah. And um, and she couldn't have her her stand up or um, podcast tour stopped, but it was going to be stopped anyway because COVID. Right. So, um, you know, but uh, it'll be kind of interesting to hear, like, if she's really raw about like and then I, you know, had to watch the show and I wasn't on it or I couldn't go to this event because I wasn't a cast member anymore. Like if it's that kind of stuff, then I think it could be. I think it could be interesting. I, th- I think that'll do well. It's, I actually think it'll do well. The pre-orders have been have had her on at number one on all of the categories in the past few days. So she's there's yeah, definitely and that's interest. another thing. She didn't get canceled. She didn't. She did for like a week, and then she took a beat, and then now she. I think people that really liked her still probably really like her. Yeah. You know, and so and and the people that didn't never really liked her anyway. But when you're in it. And it feels like the whole world is against you. And, you know, and the way like the, you know, the PR company and everybody like dumped her right away and all of this, because it was just like, oh my God, we cannot touch this, this pile of shit. Like we cannot even be associated. I don't even, don't even stand close to me. Like that part of it, um, you know, is very interesting. And, and actually, you know, now that it's old, who cares? Her PR person like called me. And, and said, I would love for her to come on your show um, because I think that you can explain, you know, and, and make. And I said, absolutely. I'd love to have her on and really get this perspective about it. And um, he said, oh, no, you know, OK, she's passed. She doesn't want to do it. OK, fine. She goes on uh, Tamara Hall. Yeah. Disaster. Yeah. So I'm like, OK. You know, like I think a podcast would have been a better forum for her because Tamron Hall, it's what a seven minute segment that's, you know, you're doing over Zoom that, you know, when it's the the TV network on regular channels versus, you know, the free forum of a podcast that's a one hour sit down interview. It's a totally different game and people get more of an opportunity to get to see if you really have changed or see where you're at. Right. And I just, you know, and and I was like down to 
really see her side of it yeah. and really let people like, you know, um, what, you know, I really wanted to just get into it. And I knew I would show her in a great light. And I knew that. And I also was like, we're not live. Yeah. Like, if you're really scared about it, don't go do something live. Yeah. Have something where you're like, I want to go listen back to it. I want to have a couple people listen back to it. You know, everybody, PR people are so afraid for you to do podcasts and stuff. Full pot, do a podcast. It's not live. Tell your client not to do an Instagram live. Like, yeah. do a podcast and and tell and say, I, I want to be on it. Yeah. I mean, we've all done those those podcasts with these people and they're like, we need to be on it. We need to, you know, um, and then I go, OK, just let me know if something you don't want is don't want yeah. it. OK, you don't have to have it like I don't we can cut my it, show yeah. is not going to fail because I cut out something that gave you a stomach ache. Like yeah. I've had I've had shows where afterwards someone is like walking out the door and they're like, you know what? if we could just cut that part about my ex, I'm like, absolutely done. Like I am not here to destroy your life because you got a little too relaxed and said something that, you know, so, but I, 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 you know, I'm happy that she's um, doing well and we'll see. I think, yeah. Are you going to, are you going to read it? I already pre-ordered it, Heather. Because I think that's that's going to be juicy. It's going to be juicy of all the of the book yeah. one. Yeah, the business one. What was the other one? Uh, the, there was sewing. There was Bethany's. Oh, and then the other one was Leah McSweeney's book, Chaos Theory, Finding Meaning in the Madness, One Bad Decision at a Time. <laughs> I mean, she is I chaos did not, theory. When does that come out? That This also comes out in April. So these books are all coming out between uh, the end of March and early May, all in the same six weeks. Again, I think everybody's smart to do a book. So everybody, everybody their whole life thought they had a book in them. So do the book when someone offers you the money, do the book. Um, and I don't know, she could have, you know, listen, did you ever see the movie 28 Days with um, uh, Sandra Bullock where she's an alcoholic? Yes. Whenever that movie comes on, I love it until she goes to rehab. Yeah. Then it's like so boring. Yeah. So like if Leah has some good, crazy, like drinking, I screwed this guy. I woke up. I didn't know where it was or something funny. Like if she has some juice that she's been saving for her book. The thing is, though, everybody's so many people have spilled everything already. Like what what do you have for the book? So and now are you spilling just advice, whatever? I don't know. But um Sure. I, I don't know. I don't think I, I think it could be a good book. I don't think it'll be a hit because I don't think she has that big of a following. Yeah. I for a housewife. She's, she's still too new in the housewife game yes. to really have that. And she didn't have a great second season. New York's not on the air right now. There had it had she been a fan favorite and had the show been airing right now and we watched her journey of writing the book, I think there would be more of an opportunity for her to sell a lot more. But now she's really going to have to carry it on her own. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate you giving me this hour of your time. So grateful. Where do, you have your your tour coming up. What else do you want to pimp out? Everything is uh everything's at heathermcdonald.net. Juicy Scoop is every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, of course, my Patreon I've been doing for years. So you just go there and join that, and you have access to every all the past years, all the the uh episodes and 
And at Heather McDonald on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. It's all at Heather McDonald. And come see me in Tempe this weekend or at Brea, California, March 25th to the 27th. And the 27th is going to be a live Juicy Scoop, which I don't do those that often. I mostly just do stand-up. So that's where I have all my fun comedian guests come and and you never know what we're going to do there. So that'll be really fun. I love it. Go listen to Juicy Scoop. Sign up for the Patreon. Go see Heather on tour and go give her a follow on the TikTok. I love your TikToks. When you have your sons in them and you're like, they're like, so like, leave me alone. They're so funny. I love it. Um, thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. You can follow me at just plain Zach or follow the show at no filter with Zach. Grab your tickets to see me and Adam Newell live. Go to spilling Get your tickets. Our first show is going to be April 7th at the Bourbon Room room in Los Angeles and we're very excited and if you haven't done so yet go and stock up on some housewives watching wine at nofilterwine.com Heather again thank you so much I appreciate you I appreciate everybody listening to this give me a five-star review because I love that validation and I will talk to you guys next week bye